This is Propulsion, the financial professional's catalyst to exponential growth. Are you a driven and ambitious financial professional, but you are finding it hard to break through to the next level? Or are you struggling to build and run your practice successfully? Join François de Toy, a leading consultant and trainer, as he interviews not only the experts, but also people you have never heard of before, but who have done amazing things, about how they run their practices, the challenges they face, how they overcome those challenges, their failures, which tech has improved their business, how their revenue models work, and other practical aspects. We go deep so you can learn as much as possible. And here is your host, François de Toy. Welcome to Propulsion and uh, today today we talk about CPD, Continued Professional Development. There's been a lot happening in South Africa in terms of CPD, specifically in the last few months. We are in July 2019 at the moment and uh, we've just gone through our first CPD cycle as required now by the FSCA and uh, some interesting things has happened and uh, I thought I want to talk about like how we should be approaching CPD and, uh, you know, what can it actually mean for us in our businesses? So the first CPD cycle came to an end on the 31st of May. And one day before, on the 30th of May, an exemption was published by the FSCA uh, through the phase notice 40 of 2019. And basically what they did was they, they exempted uh, representatives and KRs and FSPs from having to comply with the deadline on the 31st of May 2019 and that they gave them an extra two months, so until the end of 31 July 2019, to actually comply with the 2018 CPD cycle, which ended on the 31st of May 2019, as I just said. There was a lot of uproar about it, uh, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But then on the 5th of June, the FSCA also published a guidance communication. So that was communication 2 of 2019, that was issued and that really answered everything that was left in the air when they announced the exemption on the 30th of May. And I want to talk about some of those things in this episode, uh, but let me first sort of set the scene for you. So when this exemption was published, I went onto LinkedIn and I made a post that, uh, you know, I was in total disbelief and I was so unhappy about the fact that they have extended this because people have really known about this. I mean, this was first published in 2008. And then it only came into effect in 2018, but there were draft regulations published in 2016. In December 2017, this was announced. Uh, the new sort of board notice 194 became effective on the 1st of April 2018. And then the first CPD cycle started on the 1st of June. And we had more than 12 months to actually comply with the first CPD cycle. Yet they felt that it was necessary to publish an exemption and to allow people two extra months to comply with this. Now, that LinkedIn post of mine went viral. We had 28,533 views. Uh, so far, 137 reactions and 60 comments. But something that I realized during this, and, and I, I mean, all I did in this post was to really just uh, announce my, my total dismay with what happened and that I'm really unhappy uh, and that I think that people had enough time. But... Um, you know, most other people then did the same who commented on this. Uh, and the people that were commenting on this post of mine, 
they were mostly CPD providers themselves. So meaning that they are recognized CPD providers. We did a lot of work. We we sort of encouraged and and guided our clients, and we we gave regular feedback and made sure that they actually complied by the end. And then after all of this hard work, others just gets two more two more months to do this. Uh, and although I can understand the reasoning behind it and and why it came to that. Uh, I think that we shouldn't have allowed that exemption. I, I'm still of that opinion, and uh, I'm not going to step off of, of that view. Then there are these people that are obviously very happy the fact that it was extended because now suddenly they knew about CPD, and now they have two months to do all that they need to do. The other people that were also commenting on this post of mine were the people that did complete their CPD requirements in time. All of us were just really, what we were doing was just announcing our dismay, as I said earlier, just our unhappiness with this and, and that the FSCA maybe lost their, uh, you know, sort of their, their teeth in the process to say, well, ugh, they're just going to extend next time and they will just extend another time, and which is what we didn't want. This was that one opportunity where the FSCA could really have said, listen, people, no, this is where it stops. This now we're enforcing, we are keeping to what we're saying and uh, you now need to start playing the game that you are supposed to play. That said, uh, there was one comment that really made a light bulb go on for me, and, and it was uh, a comment made by Charles McAllister. And uh, I'm just going to quote a little bit of what he said, just, just a portion. It was a quite a long comment. But one of the things he said is that we can't rely on legislation to elevate the professionalism of the industry. If you want to be professional, then be a professional. And I went like, yes, exactly. That is what it is. That was the moment uh, where I realized that we are not changing anything with this post. Everybody getting together and saying, we're unhappy, we're unhappy, we're unhappy. It's not changing anything. I realized in that moment that it starts with me. And all I can do is to really inspire others to choose to be professional. Because, you know, professionalism... It is not in your qualifications. Uh, it is not in your expertise. It's not in your experience. It's all in your behavior. And that is where everything stems from. If we look at the fit and proper requirements, uh, one of the outcomes of that is that it is there to ensure. So I'm talking fit and proper in general. So you look at all of the fit and proper requirements. Why do we have fit and proper requirements? It is to ensure that persons who render financial services have adequate, appropriate, and relevant skills, knowledge, and expertise in respect of the financial service or the financial products and the functions that they perform. That is one of the outcomes. So to sort of help and, and ensure that that outcome is actually achieved, CPD was introduced. And as I mentioned earlier, it was really uh, the first time it was mentioned was back in 2008. I think it was board note just 106 of 2008, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, that's, that's when it was mentioned the first time. Now it was implemented only in 2018, obviously 10 years later. So a lot of work has happened behind the scenes and input was given and then specifically since 2016 and then in 2017 as well. Uh, and, and since all of this has been introduced, there's been changes that were made, uh, specifically with regards to the CPD requirement for people that, were, that are still under supervision, because it wouldn't make sense if somebody is still studying or they're still learning that they would actually have to continuously develop professionally. So it just makes sense uh, that people under supervision are now exempt, and, uh, but the moment that you are no longer under supervision, you would need to start complying 
with the CBD uh, requirements. As I said, CBD was introduced, and the whole reason for it is to ensure that FSPs and key individuals and representatives maintain their competence and that their knowledge, skills, and abilities remain up to date in a rapid changing and fluid environment. Things are changing so quickly, you know. I still work with a lot of people that think things still work the same as they did eight years ago. They didn't realize that things have changed. They still apply certain things that they learned back then today because they never uh, kept up to date. And that is why CPD is so, so important. So if we say that we care about our client, that we put our client first, that we are professional, skilled financial advisors or financial planners, whatever you may be calling yourself at this point, then how can we neglect or even avoid continuously working on our knowledge and skills? How can we even begin to view CPD as just another tick box exercise? That's the thing that got me the most. It's like all of these people just like, I just want my points and just tick the box and get it on, you know, and, and, and get on with it. How can we only attend a session when we get CPD points, even if it is a session that will address problems and challenges that we face in our practices? It starts with each one of us and our mindset. I can't change your mindset. You need to do it yourself. All I can focus on is my mindset. Do I have this ongoing learning mindset? Do I have this thirst for knowledge? Am I really trying to be better today than I was yesterday? That is something that only I can do. What we must do is cultivate a learning culture where we first look at the value of any session or training or workshop or course. And how will that enhance our value to our clients? And how will it enable us to run better practices or overcome uh, challenges that we face? That is the most important part. We shouldn't be looking at how many CPD points are we getting because that for me is a bonus. The first thing is look at what is it that you need? What is it that you need to be better at? How is it that you can add more value? The funny thing is that when you are able to add more value to somebody, you get paid more. When you add more value to someone, they trust you more. When you add more value to someone, they love you more and more. The next thing that I want to mention is that what's also important from this is don't let the minimum requirements dictate how much time you will be spending learning. I mean, why are we looking at like, oh, I only need six CPD points or I need 12 CPD points or I need 18 CPD points or 35 or whatever the case may be. And that is the only time I will be spending. So if I can do my 12 points going to one session, then I'm done for the year. Fantastic. That is not the way to go about this. It's not the way that we should be going about it as professionals. So one of the things I want you to think about is like, you know, when you plan your, your, your learning and your training and all that stuff for the year, are you just looking at doing the minimum that is required of you? Or are you really looking at what it is that you need and where can you get the best quality programs to help you with that? So for me, what we should be doing is we should only be attending, participating and learning in quality content where we feel challenged and where effort is required to complete such a program because that would be a clear indication that we are growing our knowledge and our skills are, are, are getting better and that the time that we're spending is an investment that will pay off forever. So that is very, very important from my, from my point of view. Don't just do something for the sake of doing it. 
rather be focused and choose wisely. That is the most important, uh, I think, and, and, and the best approach to follow when it comes to your continued professional development. I personally consulted with uh, several FSPs, including some corporates since the 1st of April 2018, and it was clear to me that there were many different interpretations and expectations uh, as far as the new CPD class of business and product-specific training uh, was concerned. It was also clear that there is little understanding of the exact requirements that must be met to comply with the CPD uh, requirements as far as fit and proper is concerned. Many people are under the impression that if you comply with the Financial Planning Institute CPD requirements, then you'll be okay. And in fact, it's exactly the other way around. As we commonly refer to it as phase CPD or fit and proper CPD, the requirements are more onerous than that of the FBI, uh, and there are certain things. So if you ensure, if you also need CPD for the FBI, for example, if you can ensure that the CPD programs that you attend actually meet the requirements for fit and proper, then you know it will also meet the requirements for the FBI. I think it's necessary for me to clarify what is required in terms of the fit and proper CPD requirements. And I want to run you through the most important things that must be in place and that must be uh, adhered to. First of all, the competence requirements uh, must be adhered to at all times. So if you look at fit and proper, you have honesty and integrity and, and so forth. And then we get to competency requirements. Uh, and there we have, in terms of competence, you'll have qualifications and experience in the regulatory examinations, class of business requirements, the product-specific uh, training requirements, and then obviously uh, CPD. And if you look at the board notice, it says that the requirements must be adhered to at all times. And to ensure this, the FSP must have policies and systems, uh, control and monitoring mechanisms in place, and they must keep records to demonstrate the compliance. And this is something that I see is missing with many FSPs, specifically the smaller ones. They don't have the proper policy systems control because it's just me. I make the decisions. It's me and maybe an assistant or two, and I'm the one doing everything, making this, or we don't need this. But in fact, you look at the board notice, it says that all FSPs must have these policies and systems in place. There must be control and monetary mechanisms uh, to show, and they must keep records. So very important. The FSP must also establish, maintain, and update on a regular basis a competency register. This is also something that's missing. And there are different providers saying, oh, we've got a competency register for you. Come and use this. Come and so there are solutions available, but you can also do it just in Excel if you wanted to, if you're a smaller business. Uh, and the things that needs to be in that competency register is it needs to obviously show the KI or the REP uh, and the FSP, et cetera. But then also you must keep record then for each one of those qualifications uh, that are in place, the completion of the regulatory examinations as required, product-specific training that was done, class of business uh, requirements that were met and was completed, and then also all the CPD activities uh, and whether you, they comply with the minimum requirements uh, for each person. And that is what needs to be in the competency register. Very, very simple, uh, but many people are still lacking this. The competency register, as they say, must be updated on a regular basis in terms of CPD. Uh, usually your, the rep or the KI must submit the, the proof of their CPD activities to the FSP within 15 uh, days after the end of the cycle. And then the FSP must update the competency register 
within 30 days of the end of the CPD cycle with all of the CPD things. But during the year, as somebody completes qualifications, the RA, PST, class of business, etc., it must also be updated. Now, currently, the competency register is not being submitted to the FSCA, so the FSCA has not yet got a support or systems uh, in place for people to submit, but that is coming. So make sure that these things are in place and that you, when they start asking for FSPs to be able to submit this information to the FSCA that you will be in a position to do so easily. So don't run around at that point in time, rather do it right from today or from, from day one. Then uh, another thing that I see is missing from many of the uh, FSPs that, that I talk to, that I work with, is uh, this requirement to have a clear training and development plan in place for each CPD cycle. Now, such a training or development plan must ensure and show that existing knowledge and skills will be maintained and updated, but it must also show what new knowledge and skills will be attained and developed. Which means, in simple terms, that the training must be targeted. You can't just go and do training for the sake of doing training. You must show that, well, one, the CPD is relevant to the function and role that you perform. It will contribute to the knowledge, skill, expertise, and professional and ethical standards that it will address any of the identified gaps, because that is what a training and development plan is about. There had to be a gap analysis to see, sure, I need some help here, 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 or I need to update this, I need to maintain this because this is the core service offering I'm, I'm giving clients. It must address any of those identified gaps. And then it must also consider relevant changes to internal and external conditions. So you can see that, you know, when we talk about it, that, or you can hear rather, that CPD isn't just something that you do. It cannot be a tick box exercise. It cannot. It has to be targeted. So for now, maybe you feel that you're getting away with it. We're just doing it because I'm not submitting anything to the FSCA. But I promise you today that the day that they ask for this and they say, well, no, you did not comply with the requirements, you can no longer render advice, then it's too late. Make sure that you have everything in place and that you are happy with what must be done and that you follow this continuously, uh, and uh, as I said, that you put the learning actually before the CPD and uh, make sure that the things you are doing are actually making you more valuable and better at what it is that you do. The next thing that is very important is that the approach and the process that you followed to get to this training and development plan must be documented, and very few people get this, that it's important to be able to prove to the FSCA, not to your compliance officer, not to your broker consultant, not to your wife or your husband, but to the FSCA that you actually followed a process and this is why the CPD that you've done is relevant to, to what, you are, what you are doing. Then any CPD activity, um, this is sort of the requirements in terms of, of what a CPD acti activity specifically must comply with in order to be recognized as CPD. And this is where many of the differences come in between CPD for uh, phase purposes or for fit and proper purposes and sometimes for other professional bodies. The first thing is that CPD must be verifiable. Many of the other professional bodies, they will actually allow you to have verifiable and non-verifiable or structured and unstructured. Uh, people use different terms. And, uh, but for fit and proper, all of your CPD must be verifiable. And sim that simply means that it must be, you must be able to prove that you started and completed a specific activity and that you spent the required time. 
uh, to complete that, that activity. So that's very, very important. Then the second thing is that it must be accredited by a professional body. Now, a professional body will be registered with SACWA. They will have a, that's S-A-Q-A, and uh, they will get a specific number to confirm their approval, and you would be able to look them up on the SACWA web, uh, website. So that's the South African Qualifications Authority. Then the other important thing for a CBD activity to be recognized as a CBD activity is that that professional body, as I said, must have accredited, but must also then allocate an hourly value to that program or to that activity. And then very important is, and this is also something that people miss, is that that CPD activity, even though it is verifiable, even though it was accredited by a professional body, even though it has an hourly value allocated to it, it must be in line with the functions and role and what you are licensed for. This is a very simple example. So let's say you attend a session on healthcare. But you are not licensed for health. You don't have a broker number with the medical council. In terms of that, then you won't be able to claim that CPD activity. It's great for your learning and your knowledge and all of that. Uh, and you may even be able to claim that for the FBI, for example. But in terms of fit and proper, because the CPD activity was not in line with the functions and role and your license, you won't be able to claim that for that purposes. Then uh, very important as well is that CPD activities excludes. In other words, certain activities you won't be able to get CPD for. And there are really two. If you are studying a formal qualification, the time spent on that you can't. And then also product-specific training because that is product-focused. So CPD will never include any training you do on product. Then specifically this last sort of two months of the cycle, I heard so many myths that people were talking about and saying, oh, but my compliance officer says says this, this person said that, and this is... So I want to bust some myths once and for all and get it out the way uh, so that you are 100% clear on, on, on these things. First of all, it doesn't matter if your CPD certificate says hours or points. There were many people going around saying that, oh, but because it doesn't say hours, it's not a valid certificate. If you look at the rule, it says that the professional body must allocate an hourly value to the, to the activity. So they could have called it credits or tokens or whatever they wanted to call it, as long as the number that was given equates to an hourly value. In other words, one for one hour, a half for half an hour. All right. So that's the first myth. The second one, there is, and, and you need to hear me, there is no requirement that you must complete CPD activities for each of the license categories or classes of business that you are registered and licensed for. Many people were going around saying, oh, so if you do long-term and you do investments and you do short-term, you need to have CPD in each one of those three categories. It is a myth. It is not true. Uh, all you need to do is to, to know that do you need 6, 12, or 18 CPD hours to comply, And you could have done it in all of it in short term if that is where the need was. Because remember, your CPD plan, your training plan must be in line with the gaps that were identified. And if you identified a huge gap in terms of just short term and you decide to focus all your learning for the year on short term, you can do that. So please stop listening to people telling you that you need to have CPD in each and every uh, category or class of business. Uh, That is not, not true. That is sort of the things that I wanted to talk about in terms of CPD. 
uh, I think it's important to also state where we stand uh, in our business and, and, and myself personally, where I stand in terms of this. For me, it's all about the learning. It's all about the quality of the learning. It is how deep the learning goes. It is once you have completed that activity, can I actually go out and use it? Because if I can't use what I've just learned, what the hell was I doing spending the time, and I'm saying, quote, unquote, learning this stuff. It's very, very important that you choose your CPD providers and the CPD programs and courses, et cetera, that you attend very, very carefully. Because, number one, you have to spend the time. Number two, you want to be able to use that. You want to make sure that you are getting the latest and the greatest in terms of content, thoughts, ideas, opinions, etc. And that is crucial. So don't just attend anything uh, that sort of gives you a point or two points. Uh, don't go to systems that will allow you to do a three-hour CPD session in half an hour. And then just because you've completed the assessment, you are able to show that uh, you, know, you get the points. We want to partner up with people and we want to work with people that are very, very serious about how they approach their learning. People that see the value in spending and investing the time into maintaining, updating your knowledge and skills. But then people who want to be able to use that stuff, as I said, immediately afterwards. And those are the people that we really want to work with. Those are people exactly like us. I spend a lot of time going out, doing different courses, uh, doing online programs, reading, watching videos. Um, there's a lot that I'm doing every single day in order to make sure that we stay up to date and that I can grow as a person and that I can grow my business as we go forward. So if that is uh, you, then I would also encourage you to, to get in contact with us and uh, let's see how we can assist you with your CPD learning for the year. And uh, thank you very, very much for, for listening to today. I just want to mention that all of the publications that were published by the FSCA, um, so that would be Board Notice 194, as well as then the uh, exemption notice, as well as the communication that I spoke about earlier, I will put them in the show notes so you can download them there. It's very easy to read it. It's, it's very nicely uh, put out. So, and then if you have any questions with regards to that, please get in touch. Uh, you can email us on info at franchodetoy.co.za. And I thank you very much for listening. I hope that you have a fantastic day and that you will really look at CPD as an opportunity to better your business and yourself. Thank you for listening to Propulsion. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. This will help us tremendously. For more about Propulsion and other valuable information, please visit our website at propulsion.co.za.